Hello and welcome to Doctor Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week we are covering bad vegan, fame, fraud, fugitives. But before we get into that, let's take care of some of the show stuff. If you would like to leave any comments or suggestions, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us comments or suggestions or donate on PayPal, our email is doctomepod at gmail.com. We appreciate every cent. Or even every review. Yes. <laughs> just tell us what we could stand to do better. We do have some stickers to give away. Just hit up, hit us up with your mailing address and I'll get that to you. U.S. listeners only, please. So let's get back to this. I I gotta be honest, I really, really kept putting this off because I wasn't ready to get back into dealing with like a scammer and having sympathy for victims that it's just just ignore a lot of red flags. It's just it's really hard when like so many people were apparently born yesterday. Yeah, it's really frustrating. And then it's like worse when they have people like in their orbit pointing out red flags. And they're just like, it's like totally like normal. And I'm going to send all these like Visa gift cards to this computer company because my computer has a vibe, whatever. Okay, but when it's like old people who fall for that, that I understand. When it's old people, I get it. I get it when it's old people, but I've had young people who are like, is this a scam? And it's like, bitch, of course it's a scam. (laughs) (laughs) Like the number of times I'm just like, don't open emails. Don't click on links if you don't know these people. Like, oh man, just like it's like no one understood anything about like viruses or just you know. It's like people still getting like fax letters from Nigerian princes who want to give you money, and they're just like, okay, this makes sense. That some like random Nigerian prince has millions of dollars to give me, and he's sending me a fax. Yeah. Or an email. Like, okay, sure. (laughs) So this is a four-part docuseries released March 16th, 2022, directed by Chris Smith, who seems to really love Netflix or something because he did this one, uh, Fire and the Disappearance of Madeline McCann. He's really, he's got a market. Yeah. So time to get into the shit show. Let me just say it could have been like two episodes. Yes. (laughs) We start off with a phone argument between a man and a woman, and at this point, all we know is he's definitely not down with this documentary. I hadn't heard anything about this story I before hadn't this. either, um, but also going to go out on the record and say that, like, not a vegan. That, yeah, it feels like a very, like, New York story, too. Like, not a vegan, not a clean eater. I love my, my Cheez-Its and my Pringles and yeah. my steak, so would not fit in this circle no uh new york city 2019 we are introduced to sarma melangalis who was the female involved in the phone call she's a skinny white blonde woman i don't know how else to describe her she's what was it that he called her shb a tiny blonde human oh t- because i kept thinking to be honest because it was tbh <laughs> tbh that's what it was <laughs> tiny blonde human which is like like i would be so weirded out if like my husband called me that yeah i mean i'd be flattered that he called me a tiny person but <laughs> let's be real so she's basically taking the stance of i don't know how i got here only he really knows which is very cryptic So let's quickly get through her stats. She was born September 10th, 1972, and raised in Newton, Massachusetts, which 
The Fig Newton was named after this town. It's a very old town, I'm sure. <laughs> so, Basically anything in fucking Massachusetts. Yeah, the current stats for the median family income of Newton is like 155000 which is 90000 more than the U.S. average. <laughs> Again, it's, it's Massachusetts. So I feel like if you're growing up here, like you're probably doing fine. Her dad was a physicist at MIT, and her mother was a professional chef who later co-founded Allison's Orchard. And then I read, like, her dad started a bread company. Oh, they were really into food. Like a rye bread company. I think that's more recent. Um, and they later divorced when Sarma was nine. Her sister is also featured in this, and she seems much older. Like, she talks about being in college and 14-year-old Sarma coming up to visit her. Uh, I also read in one of her later blog posts that she has a brother. Oh, weird. Yeah. It's just, like, casually mentioned once. He must be the black sheep of the family. <laughs> Which, what did he do if he's the black sheep of the family? Uh, Sarma graduated from the University of Pennsylvania in 1994 with a BA degree and received a BS degree in economics from the Wharton School of Business. So, very prestigious schools. What the fuck happened? Her parents had money. <laughs> She moved to New York City and was hired to work at Bear Stearns, which is an investment firm, until 1996 when she joined up at Bain Capital in Boston, working in private equity investment. So she was in, like, the numbers. Like, she was doing she, pretty well. Yeah, she returned to New York City in 1998 to join a high-yield investment fund at CIBC, but soon left to enroll at New York's French Culinary Institute. All I hear out of this is that it seems like she has no idea what she wants to do with her life. Because she's privileged. She is just quickly jumping job, 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 and then just switching career. Yeah. Like, she did, she said something about, like, she found that it was boring and it didn't interest her and she just didn't want to do that like, for the rest of her life. you went through all these years of college and you didn't figure that out then? Yeah. Like, like, before you paid for all those school loans? God. I don't think she, I don't know if she paid for any. Um, other people had subscriptions to the Wall Street Journal, but she was more interested in gourmet magazine and food and wine. Like, can you imagine going to expensive-ass schools and then in less than five years being like, no. Like... That's insane. Just because you like to cook doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make it your career. But, I mean, she seemed to be on the right track when uh, she just, did. Like, I wanted to fucking hate her when she's like, money wasn't an issue, so I could just quit my job and go to culinary school. I'm just like, oh my god. Must be nice. Yeah. She hooks up with superstar chef Matthew Kenny, and they want to open a vegan raw food restaurant together, and they were going to get backing from, God, what was this, how do you pronounce this guy's name? Jeffrey Chodoroy? <laughs> that sounds right. It sounded right. <laughs> Who has his own weird shady background that they don't talk about at all. There's oh. some fraud and money laundering related to Braniff International Airlines, which I don't know if you recognize. They yeah. were headquarters here in Dallas. I do recognize. There was some stuff where, like, first off, the airline did not last long. I think within two months, they were, like, filing bankruptcy. Um, I could see how it would be difficult to open your own airline. <laughs> I think, like, the boss stepped down, and so Jeffrey was taking over, but really... The old boss was still working behind the scenes. There was some money exchange. It was really it was like a shady. Little, little puppet master, and it was illegal. I think he was served some prison time. Oh, must have been a cushy prison. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a little confused on the timeline we're giving because she talks about how they opened Pure Food and Wine, 
but she had a previous restaurant called uh, Commissary in 2001 that closed in 2003. But this just jumped straight to the pure food and wine that they opened in June 2004. I just felt it was weird, like they how they kind of like other, just gloss like... over stuff. And I mean, 2001 to, to 2003. It's not like a short-lived. I mean, that's. I mean, sometimes when you look at restaurants, like... They only last, like, a couple yeah. months. Like, and it's these big-time chefs who, like, open them, and even they... Yeah, so, I mean, that's not necessarily, like, something to, you know... I just thought it was weird. It's not mentioned at all. Um, this Vanity Fair journalist, his hair... Like, he's wearing this nice suit, and then his hair just looks greasy and unkempt. I don't know. It was... All I could look at was his hair. But you do you. Uh, her and Matthew's relationship in restaurants seemed like a success, but she says behind the scenes, it wasn't great. She, ironically, was great with money, but he wasn't. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, like, my last job, I worked with my husband. Like, we didn't work hand in hand, but, like, we occasionally would have to work together. So we would sometimes get into arguments on how something should be handled. and But there's no way I'd be able to, like, work with him if we had broken up. So, of course, when these two break up, poor Jeff is in the middle, first off. Let me just go on record that I've worked in a situation where someone had gone through a divorce with another coworker, and it was not pretty. No. So, I can't, yeah, these two, they broke up. It didn't, I don't think he was there very long before he left. Um, didn't she buy him out or something? Yeah, Jeff's in the middle of this. He ends up siding with Sarma because she had a business background. And so it's a little cloudy on the details, but Matthew's basically bought out for his share of close to $2 million. And then Sarma became friends with Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Which was such a weird side story that didn't even need to be a story. No, did not at all. I guess the only reason it really even mattered or was like a big part of this story is just because that's how, you know douchebag extraordinaire comes into play but like i wonder what alec baldwin had to say about this did he like try to stop this documentary coming out <laughs> i just think it's funny he called his 11 year old daughter a rude thoughtless little pig you remember that on that voicemail of course i will never forget but now he's a vegan maybe it was like an endearing thing <laughs> i don't know and let's be clear like i've definitely called my kid like a rude thoughtless yeah, but they're like shit on pigs and then, but I'm not going to eat pigs. I'm better than that. No, I, I have a hard time eating pigs aside from bacon. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't eat pork at all. But yeah. Um, <laughs> anything else, yeah. And that's I going also, down my goal. And I also don't try to go on record yelling those things <laughs> at my child. I tend to say them behind her back. So it seems he wanted to hook up with Sarma, but she was like, no, maybe she get a dog instead, which is like, that's rough. Um, and it seems pretty soon after this is when he met Hilaria at Sarma's restaurant. So it's her fault we have to deal with Hilaria. Uh, how do you say cucumber? <laughs> Baldwin. <laughs> so when I learned that fact, I was already like, whatever you did wrong is on you. So she's sending him pictures of dogs to adopt when she stumbles upon an American Pitbull Terrier mix that she would adopt and name Leon. This whole side story, like... Okay, but when I hear it is it, half an episode. It it really no, it's like I feel like it's the whole episode. Like it is so <laughs> slow moving. I'm like get to the crimes. Yes. But also like every time I hear mention of Leon, I think of Leon and Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wish this Leon was as fun as that. It's a cute dog. Yeah, but he's like a side character in this. Now there's this other weird side story of this random guy on Twitter named Shane Fox who is like harassing Alec Baldwin. Can we say that? And yeah, just like the tweets he's tweeting at him, like... I just seem like constantly like, I'm going to tweet this famous guy. Like, like he's not your friend, bro. Yeah. And also the fact that she thought that they were friends just because like Alec Baldwin was like <laughs> She does not know how back the internet then. works. <laughs> like sometimes the celebrities just respond. It doesn't mean that they like them. Yeah, it's it like, wasn't like in a bad way, but it seemed like commenting like constantly and tagging him in tweets like... He's like asking for a suit advice one time. Yeah. Just like, bro, just Google search. You don't need to ask Alec it Baldwin. It's really weird. But Sarma's in this weird place in her life and thinks, well, Alec met Hilaria because of me. Maybe I can meet my soulmate because of Alec. So weird. <laughs> I just like, can't. She reminds me of, um, was it Indy from Love After Lockup who, like, whatever her psychic said. <laughs> that was what she was gonna do I'm even gonna, though everybody else is like hey no this doesn't make sense i'm gonna move across the country and yes with this guy without looking for a place to live or anything my psychic told me it was a good idea <laughs> and I but paid. then the psychic says oh he's cheating on you well what about the other shit you said you couldn't tell me that before i moved <laughs> like how like you couldn't see that in my future yeah now i'm stuck in ohio my mom's a badass bounty hunter so when he, he jumps parole. <laughs> so it's funny that when she goes on to get closer to this guy by playing words with friends, like all I can remember was when Alec Baldwin got Baldwin got kicked off a plane because he wouldn't stop playing words with friends. Like what was it with this game? It was really addicting. <laughs> I definitely remember that period of time. Like <laughs> I was playing Words of Friends, but I wasn't talking to anyone. No, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Like, I don't don't want to talk to anyone when I'm playing (laughs) games. Like, I have a hard enough time, like, when my kid wants to talk to me, like, when we're in the same room playing Animal Crossing. (laughs) Like, yeah, we don't need to communicate. That's why mommy got this. Yeah. Just tell me what your turnip price is. So I can spend time with you without really talking to you. Yeah, I don't want to look at you. Just tell me what your turnip price is so I can decide where to sell. (laughs) So they get closer and talk more of the phone and she just immediately is in love with him. And he's so big and strong and blah, blah, blah without having met this guy. She's never, it's literally like internet dating, like in the early days. Like I remember doing this kind of shit. You go on a blind date with someone you've never met and it doesn't turn out the way you thought it would. She's like too old to be falling for this shit. No, exactly. When I was doing it, I was like 19. She has her like own business and it's, she should know better. I, but I li- constantly say that throughout this. Yeah, she, she should have known better. Uh, they finally meet up and shocker, his pictures didn't match. <laughs> He's a bit beefier. Like maybe it's because all the pictures we see are from like the neck up. Or they're like 10 years old. <laughs> so yeah, she's like, He's fat. But she's not shallow, and her dog likes him. Like, I don't know. Not every dog is a genius. Dude, I'm just going to... Like, my dog is a dumbass. Yeah. Like, he likes everyone. 
So I can't really say, like, most people are like, you know, animals have a good judge of character. No, not always. Not always. Some some animals like fucking everyone. <laughs> Just like our younger dog. As long as you have food, yeah, you're a great person. She doesn't care. Even if you might consider having food at some point, my dog <laughs> is going to love you. Like, some bullshit. And she's not comfortable telling people who this guy is because she tells one person she met him in business school and then tells another person that he's her cousin which is a stupid thing to say if you're gonna be like if you're hopeful for a relationship with this guy hey guys watch this me is my, cousin. my cousin yeah <laughs> and then like two weeks later they see you kissing your so-called cousin which just makes me think that like she was like ashamed yes of who he was yeah and that whole thing which is like i mean whatever if you don't want to tell people that like you met on a dating app or something like that's fine you like come up with a you know story like hey we met in a supermarket <laughs> uh, or... he's my cousin yeah. <laughs> yeah first of all you don't say he's a relation no. and second of all you don't tell a different story to every person no. that you meet. like you have one story you stick with it for everyone and that's like your little meet cute like you're just like, oh, we met in the supermarket. We were both looking at avocados. Like, or get excited gag. with it. Like, we went parachuting together. Like, make it something, but not, oh, he's my cousin. <laughs> it's slim pickings, let oh, me tell you. Oh, my God. And it's not like this dude is straightforward either. He won't answer about anything in his life and just says he has, like, a military background, and he must because the background on his laptop has the CIA symbol on it. Because you couldn't just, like, save an image and, like, use it as your background. And he closes his laptop whenever she walks into the room. Yeah, so do cheaters. <laughs> like, I feel if you're a super secret CIA agent or involved and with black ops. my 12-year-old daughter. <laughs> you wouldn't tell anybody you're involved with that. No. Like, isn't that the rule? No, you have other some boring cover story. You're not just like, uh, I'm like a spy. Yeah, she's like, he was, in, he was in a Bentley and wore a Rolex watch and was watching drone footage on his password protected laptop. Which is Like, you also, can't fake any of that. Also, everyone's laptop is pra- password protected. <laughs> and, it's standard now. Yeah. And do you really think the military pays that well like yeah really in america you are like oh he had a nice car like and you can't find drone footage online so, there's everything online so dumb and then we finally get to it he asks for cash as a test like you went to ivy league schools like i don't understand it um but i guess you know we just haven't been that truly and deeply in love with someone before we just wouldn't get it i mean i asked my husband for cash but like (laughs) that's a little bit different (laughs) oh it's not thousands of dollars no we have two kids together like (laughs) it's just so weird i'd give you money (laughs) but i've known you for years (laughs) like just you're like guys and just like with Tinder Ask Swindler. Ask your friends. <laughs> just like with Tinder Swindler, like, I don't want to shit on these women who get suckered by these asshole guys because they are sweet women and no one deserves to be treated this way and to be taken and advantage so many, of. So many people for call, fall for cons like every day. Like, yeah. there is a reason why being a con man is a career. But it's oh how my deep God. they get into it, I don't understand. Take a step back, talk to some friends about it. 
post in like an online forum and be like, does this sound weird? Like just reach out to people and run it by them before you're like, here is a wire for $20,000. Yeah. Like, when they start the asking fuck? for money, just no. Like if somebody borrows more than 20 bucks from you, yeah. you're going to need at least like two outside opinions. Yes. And Sarma seems like a really sweet person who is just too trusting. But eventually, you kind of run out of sympathy. Yeah, there's only so much you can do before you're like, okay. We meet Anthony Caruana, who is unhoused, and he starts crying, talking about how sweet Sarma was to him. She gave him money, fed him at her restaurant, and would let him keep his extra clothes at her apartment. And she, like, seemed to really change his life. Yeah, like... He definitely turned his life around with her. And I just really love this dude because he's like hardcore Italian, like he's not so going to take shit. Yeah. He's like, oh, I fell in love with her dog. Um, right away, he talks about the first time he met Shane and he said that dude had a fat head, which <laughs> I love Italian people. You got a fat head, they're going to call you out on it. This goes out to all men, women, whatever. If anyone around you is sensing red flags about someone you're with, like don't fucking write that off. Yeah, like, just, uh, you don't have to, like, dump them immediately, but, like, keep it on the back burner, you know, just think about it occasionally. All these people are saying they sense something off about the guy, and even better is when he called the corporate office, his caller ID came up with a totally different name. Like, just ask some questions. So, Anthony Strangis comes up on the caller ID, and the people in the office, of course, Google his name, because they know how the internet works, (laughs) and an article comes up about how... The guy rescued five children from a burning building. I'm just kidding. It was a mugshot. <laughs> like, course of course, was. a mugshot. Because he has a fucking arrest record. Yes. And he's using a false name. That should be, like, the biggest glaring red flag yeah. in the entire world. If someone's using a fake name with you, like, run. <laughs> so they bring it up to Sarma and she just blows him off. Like, I get the past of the past and people could change, but, like, for the most part, like, why'd you change your name? (laughs) You definitely couldn't be, like, some secret CIA agent with a criminal record like that. So, like, what's up with that? And the fact that she believed him. Yeah. He's, like, you know, super top secret and all that stuff, but he has an arrest record. Well, and one of the charges was for impersonating a police officer, which that one was, like, eventually dropped, but... Do your homework, babe. <laughs> like, look into that stuff. Sarma says she eventually became frustrated with his lying and nothing made sense and ends the relationship. Like, yeah, if you don't know what to call your partner, like, it's probably not going to go anywhere. Sarma goes to stay at her mother's house in New Hampshire. Not really sure why, because her mom wasn't home at the time. Any house Like, yeah. And Sarma isn't comfortable with country living, so Shane slash Anthony offers to drive her back to New York City. And he brings his dad along, who backs up all the lies that this guy has told her because parents have never lied for their children before. And so she gets back together with him. It does not make sense. And in this point in the story is when you lose any sympathy. Um, You know the dude's lying. You have everyone around you telling you to just end it. And you just keep going along with it. Also weirded out by the fact that like she was talking about how like she wasn't even really all of that attracted to him and like she wasn't yeah. in love with him. It's like then why are you with him? Like it's so bizarre. It's a weird like if you're just friends, that's a weird friendship. Yeah, 
It's like when someone like always asks for your advice and then never follows it, but then like continuously keeps asking. Like it's frustrating. Like why bother? So he goes hard. He takes her to Tiffany's to look at rings, takes her to a fancy bar where she says, I love you. Which, why would you say that if you're not... Too soon. Yeah. And then they start looking at townhouses to buy together, and I'm wondering, who's paying for all this? The military. <laughs> if he is, she's not questioning why this career criminal is available, is able to afford any of this. Again, this is New York City. Like, shit's oh, yeah, not cheap. Like the townhome? The townhome was $15 million. Yeah, I was about to say, you're talking millions. Uh... We'll just go with Anthony at this point, calling him Anthony. He says he has hey, all this Anthony. he has all this money tied up in all these different accounts and even a villa in Italy, but he just can't seem to be able to get the finances together to help buy this townhouse. So that falls through. Like, okay. But I was like, you just learned he has a villa in Italy and you're not immediately like Let's just Can we there. go? Yeah. Like, fuck this New York City shit. Like we'll just, just go for live a visit. Villa. Like She's crazy. So Sarment's still in so much debt from buying her ex out of the restaurant partnership, and Anthony has all she this has money. Like a loan for yeah. restaurant. <laughs> it's two million. Anthony has all this money that he's offered to help out with the debt. Well, the best way to do that without having to deal with taxes is to just marry the guy. So she's gonna marry this guy who's already been caught in lies, couldn't get his money together, make this big purchase already. Uses a fake name. <laughs> but you're just gonna marry him because he can help get you out of a financial situation when you have no proof he even has the funds. It's a selfish reason and you're an idiot. Like, no sympathy. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, you're, you're sitting there admitting you're marrying him for his money. Like, you've already said you don't, you're not well later on she says she's not attracted to him and yeah she wasn't in love so they file for a marriage license the next day after only knowing each other a year but not really because he lied about his name and his life but it's okay because her dog likes him so anthony is still trying to pass as a cia agent and introduces sarma to his tech guy in europe named will richards which i laughed because i was like oh his name's will dick <laughs> Which, again, Anthony isn't in the CIA, so this dude, Will, is just, like, another criminal scumbag who is there to help make sure this con man's naive wife stays in her lane. Which requires her to give him passwords to her email, social, fucking bank accounts. Who is so... I just can't, like, what? And this is, like, she's only communicating through, like, emails. Like, this isn't like she's met him in person and, like... Even talk on the phone. Seen credentials or any of this kind of stuff. She just, like, gets an email from this guy claiming to be who he is and gives him all of her information. And she's just like, that seems on the up and up. <laughs> you went to Wharton School of Business. Like, it's... You graduated high school, bitch. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? My 12-year-old, again, my 12-year-old would know better than to give her passwords and information out in an email. <laughs> and she's 12. So I had to pause watching at this point to just scream into a pillow. I, I was text, so mad. I texted you several times. I was just like... Well, yeah, when I finished, I had to go back through the text. Because I literally... It wasn't until like a few days ago, I finally was like, <laughs> I have to sit and watch. I was so like against watching it. Because I knew I was going to be mad. 
I watched, I got like the second episode in and I was just like, oh my God, when is this shit going to move along? <laughs> like, Yeah, I really was like, I got to sit, I got to sit, I got to watch this. So um, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we featured a guy who believed he saw Bigfoot. Uh, totally well, did. this week, okay. This week, <laughs> we've got an even weirder guy who believes he's not human, he's immortal, and tells this woman that if she just follows along with his plan, she and her dog could also become immortal. Okay. Like, bitch, run. Okay, but if someone told me they could make my dog live forever, I would probably give them money. I don't know. I have pugs. They all fart and snore, so it really doesn't matter. Dude. If, if my lab could live forever, I would, like, give my kidney. I got a dog knowing they don't live that long. It's fine. Um, We're very attached, Heather. How the fuck am I going to sleep without him laying on my legs? <laughs> well, you've smelled my dog farts. You know why I'm not, like... <laughs> oh, dude. Like, his... Again, he's, like, towards the end of his life. So, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, did you shit in the bed? <laughs> nope, just a fart. I remember when we first got... Um, be for the longest it took us a while to realize like those are her farts because we would smell them and go she shit somewhere in the house (laughs) and we would spend hours trying to find the shit before we finally realized that's just her farts okay but even better he's old and he has like a loose butthole and so like after he eats if he doesn't go outside (laughs) i at least don't have that if he doesn't go outside like fucking immediately he will literally just be walking around and shit will be coming out of his ass and he has no idea that it's him (laughs) no idea so you can't be upset at him like even remotely because like he doesn't know it's happening (laughs) he's as confused as you are to borrow some diapers (laughs) he's confused oh my god it's just oh yeah he'll be like laying in bed and shit will just come out of his ass (laughs) (laughs) i mean we've all had that at least once usually i'm drunk you can't judge the man (laughs) So, um, and she's talking about all of this with a straight face, and part of this plan is for her to prove her loyalty to him by wiring him thousands of dollars, because that's how relationships, and especially marriages, work. It's so fucking weird. Like, if he has so much money, why does he need you to give him money? Well, she even at one point says, like, I wired him all this money, and he wired me back 10000 but didn't say, like, how much did you send him? She- it's definitely like it was like a situation where she's like you know a couple wires in she's wired like a hundred thousand dollars and he gives her back ten thousand she's like but he gave me back ten thousand yeah he was only supposed to give me five and he gave me ten i'm like like, oh my god that was your ten thousand dollars what the fuck honey like so yeah little do we know only one person has to do all the work to prove they love the other person it's like literally what they do with like the Nigerian print scams. Like, send me a little bit of money and I'll send you, I'll share it with money. you, like all the money I get back. Yeah. Like, it's so stupid. And yeah, just or fucking that, dumb. Uh, just... So, not only is Anthony an immortal CIA agent, he's part of this ethereal family of other weird immortal beings who could see and know all, including where Sarma is at all times of the day, which I know what you're thinking he clearly does not have a tracker on her phone or even just like find my iphone (laughs) yeah like don't be ridiculous it's ethereal beings so i remember you texting me and asking if i thought it was just mental illness was that on her part or his because i really think she was like so 
desperate to feel special that she just like went along with all this obvious bullshit it's and gotta be both he might have just been bored i'm not sure <laughs> wants to see like how far he can go i mean i remember like the old days when i was like super like preteen teenager and i would get in like aol chat rooms and i would like try to convince guys to like do weird fucking cybering shit <laughs> that's just fun <laughs> but i would like see how far they would take it yeah you know like pretend to be a dinosaur <laughs> no i mean you need a raw for me <laughs> you know that kind of stuff and like you just see it how far think of starsky and hutch with will ferrell when he's like <laughs> pretend to be a dragon <laughs> i know when wilson's like, <laughs> Like you wanna you wanna see how far the guy will go with it. And then you just realize like how fucking desperate some people are. Yes. <laughs> and you're just like, okay. The internet's full of weirdos. Except yeah. she's a grown woman. <laughs> so yeah, because she's so worried about him being killed if she doesn't go along with it. But I was like, you just said you thought he was immortal. <laughs> Why are you worried about him being do you not know how this works? I'm curious if he ever took like Scientology classes because some of the shit he pulls reminds me of Scientology. Okay, but like maybe he's only like immortal in the sense that like he can live forever without aging, but like if he gets murdered, then he dies. I don't know. Is that a thing? Like, that's not how it works though. (laughs) You could say, is that a thing? No. (laughs) Is that a thing? (laughs) Like, he's like a vampire. But, like, if he gets staked through the heart, he dies. But he could live forever. <laughs> I'm just going to keep letting you go. Okay. <laughs> What's best is that, like, you can't see my face right now with my, like... <laughs> or my face, or I'm just staring. <laughs> my, with my raised eyebrows and my hands doing Your hands all are t- going. <laughs> you probably hear the... <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, why are you karate chopping? <laughs> So he's keeping her away from everyone by like constantly moving around the country and staying in hotel rooms, even though, even when they were like back in New York City, which is weird. Yeah, like, who the fuck wants to stay in a hotel all the time? I mean, I would, because I'm tired of cleaning up after everybody, but. If it was a dog? Fart in a new bed every night. (laughs) Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, they don't really talk about how she's dragging Leon everywhere. I don't know if you've traveled with a large dog, but, like, it's pretty difficult to find nicer, decent places that allow large dogs. Yeah. Like, you can take small dogs up to, like, 20 pounds or whatever, but once you start getting to, like, that 80, 100-pound dog, like... Well, and he's also a pit bull mix, and, like, there's some places that have, like, specific dog breeds that you can't have. Yeah, like... Shit, it's hard enough to find, like, boarding places. But sure, let's go to these, like, swanky hotels. And who's paying for the hotel? She is. No, he is. With, With the, money the money she gave him. <laughs> the money she gave him. She's got to prove herself. And they're clearly getting more comfortable in their relationship because Anthony's starting to gain weight, which, I mean, that happens in a relationship. Oh, yeah, I totally let myself go. Oh, my God, yes. And... In this, it's referred to as his meat suit, which is fucking hilarious. Like, I'm not sure if the extra fat in his meat suit or if he's, like, talking about a Buffalo Bill kind of (laughs) shit where he can just, like, put a new skin suit on. I don't... I wasn't sure. I don't know. Or if it's, like, the aliens in Doctor Who that wear, like, the skin suits and they're, like, farting all the time. Yeah. What is this? (laughs) 
And they're just like constantly like, oh, the skin suit and like. Just a meat suit. Ugh. So his excuse for getting fat is he's trying to make himself more unappealing to Sarma as a test to see if he'll she'll stay with him or not, which I'm now using that as excuse. It's not from like okay. having kids or my bipolar medication or like avoiding strenuous activity because of my narcolepsy. Like, no, it's it's a test to see if my husband will still love me. It's a true love test. Jesus. If you want to still fuck me when I'm fatter and fatter, like, <laughs> it's real love. Let's see how far we can go with this. So Anthony hooks up with this new guy, Nazim, who is a bartender that Anthony apparently visited and chatted with twice a day, four to five days a week, which sounds like a drinking problem, <laughs> yeah, but like, whatever. When I watched that part, I was like, that just sounds like an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's hanging out in a he bar. He just casually is like, oh, yeah, he's here twice a day, like, several times a week. I'm not thinking success- successful man no. who works for the government. No. I'm thinking... Alcoholic. Like, raging alcoholic. <laughs> he He's probably this... in debt because of all the fucking bar tabs. In New York, yeah, that's insane. You can get a bottle from the fucking liquor store for, like, <laughs> a third of the price, man. He talked this guy into going into business with him without sending, signing any paperwork or contract. Nazim gives Anthony $35,000 to invest in a juice bar, which of course goes nowhere. But he does seem to get close to Sarma, and they kind of team up together to start recording calls from Anthony. And the calls are kind of chilling to listen to because Sarma is always so calm. And Anthony sounds like an abusive piece of shit. Like, he raises his voice to her, talks down to her. He's probably on drugs. And then, like, switches to being lovey-dovey with her in a calm voice. Like, it's clearly abusive. Sarma's finally starting to realize, like, I think this is all just a scam, but she feels like she's already thrown away so much money on this dude. Which is like that whole lost cause fallacy or whatever, where, like, people are like, I can't break up with them because I've already been with them for 10 years. It's like, don't sink more fucking time into it. Like, she doesn't want to fully accept it was all for nothing, which, like, just like Tinder Swindler, like, I said. Cut your losses. Just cut your losses and run. Not worth it. Like, it's only going to get worse if you stay and you keep lying to yourself. Like, would you rather lose $1,000 or $10,000? When you've already lost the 1000 like... Yeah, don't keep going. Just accept your it's loss. It's like fucking gambling in Vegas. Yes. Like, if you are already down, don't keep going. You're not going to dig yourself out. It's just not going to happen. If you, like, spend 10 years with someone who fucking sucks, spending 20 with them is not going to make it better. No. But it might get better if you have a baby with him. I'm just Doesn't kidding. Do ever, not do that. It does not ever get better. Babies only make shit worse. So yeah, this story, it's like it's embarrassing, but even worse when you stay. And the story gets so bad that there ends up being a four-part series about it on Netflix. Seriously, like we're like two episodes in. So she stays and between 2012 and 2014, she ends up giving him 1.7 million dollars again she has a loan for her business for two million like and she has just gifted this man over a million dollars i'm pretty sure if i had 1.7 million i can make that last the rest of my life like my kids aren't going to college but i can make that last no that's insane you're getting your own student loans (laughs) mommy didn't you know mommy didn't get by on my mommy's money (laughs) yeah So, yeah, the 1.7 is basically what she owed Jeffrey to begin with. 
So how do you go that far? Like, you're a smart fucking businesswoman. Like, even fucking Nazim is watching what Sarma's going through, and he keeps giving Anthony money for this juice bar investment shit, and I think he said the total was around 100000 So, like, nowhere near as bad, but still. He's also a bartender, like... And he gave this. And man, I don't think he's from this country. No, and he's, he's gave, very gave, Russian. Giving this man a hundred thousand dollars. I'm just like, what are you people doing? And then that's when Nazim realizes that Anthony is a fucking gambling addict. So all the money is just going towards that. Of course it is. And fucking Nazim is like, I already gave him all this money. I couldn't just walk away. Like, which ironically is what a fucking gambler would say. <laughs> So he just gambles more on the fact that, like, he's going to get his shit together. So now the story gets juicy. Anthony gets arrested for stealing a car or something in Florida. And when he's bailed out, Nazim picks him up. And Anthony says he just wants to go visit his ex-wife and kids. Hello. Oh, no. So we go into the interview with the ex-wife, Stacy, who right away starts with, So you guys want me to tell you all the lies that Anthony told me? Like, all the stories because I have a ton which no, just I bet you do sister uh, she talks about how Anthony and his dad confirmed that Anthony was an ex-navy seal who was shot in the line of duty which his dad's a fucking joke we well, his dad's also a con artist we learned that he was an abusive alcoholic and I wasn't at all surprised to learn that dad was a cop because 40% of cops are domestic abusers just a fact so learning this about his dad, I personally think Anthony is like the way he is because he sees his dad do whatever he wants and there's no consequences because oh, so he has the protection of being a cop. So Anthony thinks he can do the same thing. So three months after dating, Anthony and Stacy got married. He told her he had a $5 million check coming from a dead aunt so they would be set for life. But of course, check never comes and he didn't feel like ever getting a job. And then Stacy really felt stuck when she became pregnant. As they do. Did she have a daughter from a previous relationship? I only heard of the one. Because there was that one point where, like, I thought she was pregnant and there was also, like, an older girl there. I thought it was maybe, like, a niece or something. Because I, I only know. heard mention of the one kid. Oh. And then um, Anthony casually mentions that you could kill a baby by overdosing them with salt and it would never show up on an autopsy? What the fuck was that about? Like, is he saying, hey, we could kill this baby, we could get life insurance money from it? it Alright, fucking psycho. <laughs> yeah. Don't come near my kid. Anyway, uh, Stacy and Anthony eventually break it off because he just jets out of there. What a cool guy. So we're going to have to make this another two-parter because it's just so much. And I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to discuss at the end. Oh, boy, will we? <laughs> like, I hate splitting them up, but it's easier for me when it comes to editing. But, hey, the story only goes downhill from here. It just gets better <laughs> and better. Anyway, um, thanks so much for listening. And we will be back next week with this conclusion. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk to Me. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at talktomepod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at talktomepod and find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. Thank you.